<laughs> so we're back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to And We. Uh, we are recording the our second podcast in two weeks, second with a topic. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Back-to-back <laughs> consistency. Um, and today we're going to be talking about kind of con- chemistry, in, which kind of also teeters on compatibility in kind of like all different forms and, and functions. And, some, and in some ways, probably like even abstracter versions of that. Um, I think a lot of times people think about chemistry as like the initial spark, um, of a relationship. But I think in this case or in our case, what sparked this whole conversation was something that I told Tessa. Um, and do you want to explain it or I can explain it? No, I will explain it. Okay. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. Yes. So this, this episode was inspired by a conversation that Ryan and I had the other night when we decided to have an evening of talking to each other instead of being anywhere or washing stuff or whatnot. Um, but that was inspired because not so long ago, Ryan told me that essentially he had figured out or he felt pretty confident or confident, I guess. I'm not, I'm not wording this as sweetly as you said it. And I don't remember the actual words you said, which is part of the problem. But well, in a nutshell, <laughs> he told me that he felt that he had found in me his lifelong sexual compatible partner. So that he he felt confident to tell me in that moment that based on our relationship so far and our chemistry, um, that he had found, which people who seek long-time monogamy, lifelong monogamy, you know, ultimately seek, which is chemistry that can potentially last a lifetime. Yeah. I think it's, it was one of those, like we, it totally meant to be a compliment, but it was one of those weird compliments that doesn't, it's not like you are so beautiful. What did you say though? What were your words? It was, no, it was something along the lines of like, I think I found my kind of my lifelong sexual partner or like my, I don't know. That's basically what it is, though. It's it's <laughs> yeah, like my like-, like my most compatible like partner that I will, can enjoy sex for a lifetime with, and um, I think that's it. It it was like a really cool like moment of like, oh, this is perfect because I think so many people go through so many different phases of relationships, see so many different things, see like flings that go up and down all different directions. But it was really nice. And I think it's also just even at this phase in our relationship, I mean, we're not, we're not, we haven't been doing this forever, but it's also kind of past like that honeymoon kind of phase. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm probably having more fun with you now than even when we started. And I feel like that, that sense of, that sense of play, that sense of like exploration, that sense of kind of things that we like are pretty similar. And, um, we, we mix it up. Nothing ever really feels forced. Um, it, it's just all these kind of little bits, um, that, I mean, yeah, I think like out of anyone in my entire life, you're like the most in terms of a sustainable partner that I'm excited about for basically ever. I see that in you. And, um, which is such a good compliment. And it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, it just feels great. It feels great because, it doesn't have this like looming sense of what else is out there or like, or the Mm. reverse of like, Oh, I remember that's one person, you know, I can't get this person out. It's like, no, it's like, it's like this combination of stuff makes me 
feel very present and um, like our sex lives, which mm. makes it really enjoyable um, and fun to the point of where every day I look forward to to it, you know, and not knowing how it's going to shape or not having any plan to it or not having like kind of a format that we like have consistency with that way. But I just know like that's the part of my life that feels very fulfilled, maybe more fulfilled than any other time yeah. of my life. Um, and that feels great, you know? Yeah. And so that statement opened up this larger conversation for us about, um, you know, just this idea of chemistry as a whole. And if we're sort of ticking off that, um, physical box, which by the way, I responded back to mutually. (laughs) So that helped. Um, but when we were able to, to acknowledge that to each other and kind of, you know, unpack it after we said it. And after the fact it, it opened up this kind of interesting discussion of, okay, well, if there's that, you know, physical sexual chemistry, you know, what, how else can we define chemistry and how else is, is it playing into our relationship and every relationship? And so before we will come back to the physical, cause I want to ask you, you know, I have some follow-up questions for you, but I think from there we, we're then able to dive into conversation about what we felt like our, our social chemistry was and what we felt like something that I called our auric chemistry is. And, and even like these other areas where you kind of need to tick off all the boxes and it's a different and more expansive way to think about this idea when, you know, other than someone just saying chemistry and you assuming that there's, crazy fireworks and butterflies when you make out or not. (laughs) Um, but on that note, okay. So on the physical front, I guess I'm curious if you, like, I feel like you being able to get to that place where you told me that, like in my mind, I feel like I probably had to fulfill not just one category, but a certain number of categories or your, your whole box of like your needs. And I guess I'm just curious, like if you had to define those for yourself, like what, what is a holistic description of like those physical needs that you felt or you found in me that made you confident enough to be like, okay, like this, this doesn't just serve me in like exciting and fun and exploratory playtimes. And it doesn't just serve me in like what we call like our squish and our more intimate times. And like, it doesn't just serve me now. And I can see it maybe be long-term. Like I want, like, what was that process like for you? Like what, what were your, the realizations that you had? Yeah. I mean, it was really just like this really nice hip to waist ratio. And that's just really <laughs> nice, but like that was, that was like the main core foundation of what this is all built off of. Um, okay. So physical <laughs> chemistry, number one, yes, you must like each other's bodies and your smells and all that stuff. That is textbook. Okay. Tick. Um, there's a level of like play, um, that I really enjoy the sense of that your sex drive can meet my sex drive, um, is really nice. You That's know, I think, I, th- I think a lot of times with, I mean, this is, this is where chemistry leads into like compatibility. But like if two people's sex drives are totally off, if one person in a relationship has just like a really high sex drive and another person doesn't, I mean, that's would be really difficult to be in. I feel like, um, I, it's like the right, I think we're into like the right 
level of things. Like we don't go to like we we're down to like explore basically like all the positions and <laughs> like basically every surface in the house. But this we, is our most X-rated episode yet. Yeah, probably. But we don't go <laughs> like we don't really go too far down like the kink rabbit hole. Um which is I think we both kind of just naturally pair on that, you know, not, not to kink shame people be into whatever you want to be in, but we just watched that role playing movie and we were like, nah, not for us. We joke about that. So we like joke about the role play stuff, but I think like, you know what I mean? Like people have all their different kind of kinks and stuff that they're into. And I think another part of like the lack of compatibility or what could be a chemistry killer is if someone has a kink that the other person just naturally isn't into, you know, if something like is such a turn on for one person, you know, maybe somebody could be into like, like BDSM or like, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the other person's like, no, not at all. So like one person's turn off is another person's like boner killer. Um, and we don't have any of that. So like, I think we like kind of, we really line up in a lot of that kind of way, which, which is a hard thing to like ask about on a first date. You don't, well, that's, <laughs> it takes a while you don't, you don't, these you don't find out. that out on a first date. There's no, no way. No. Um, I think you can get like a general sense of like sexual compatibility, probably within like the first four times you sleep with somebody, like first three or four times you sleep with somebody. Hmm. Like, like a, a one time could be like a one off, you know, like, but I think after like a couple times you can kind of tell if there is a potential of uh, compatibility or chemistry there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then sometimes it's the reverse. Sometimes like you can be like, Oh wow, this person like was amazing. You know, like this person that kissed their, whatever, whatever you want to say. Uh, and then like, Two weeks later, you're like, eh, yeah, I'm good, <laughs> you know. So, but so those are like two different kind of kind of factors of it. But with us, it's not. I don't think we have that. I think what what is the most exciting part for me is just that day in day out kind of chemistry and compatibility and like level of of like fun exploration and also intimacy too. Like like that. The it's like the right levels. It's like the right ingredients. Uh, at least for me. And I hope for you, because I think it is for you too. I just don't want to talk for you. Uh, that really makes that kind of feel like a, a lifelong thing versus mm-hmm. like all the different various types of flings and stuff that you have in your life. And I think maybe too, I mean, we started, we met when we were older. So I think having the experience to have some degree of check boxes checked off. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we all, we, we joke about it at the same time. It's like, you're the only person that I've ever met or ever slept with. Um, but I love it when you say that though. And you are, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like it, it, it is nice to have that, like a certain level of just life live to know actually what you want Yeah, and what actually makes sense. Especially yeah. if you're in the phase that we're at, which is kind of hopefully like life partner, like phase. Yeah. Um, or else it could be confusing. And, you know, I've talked to like other friends and stuff like that, you know, and it, I think sometimes people have these very stereotypical and I've been in relationships like that where you have your very stereotypical kind of like relationship, like kind of like not even necessarily fights or arguments or stuff like that, but just like, ah, woes or just like, ah, maybe there's something else out there, like Mm -hmm. that kind of feeling. Um, and I don't get the sense of that now. And I think some of that is really, I mean, we talked about it on other podcasts about dating with intentions. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would have gotten that intentional at any point of dating, but mm-hmm. I think some of the, that loose kind of like experience and almost like grown intentions after something comes from just like, right. This is the type of person I want to date to. This is the type of person I want to spend my life with. Right. Like those things start to click in. 
Um, and that feels really good. And even like different than just, just pure sexual chemistry, physical presence chemistry, like yeah. let's call let's separate like that. Like, like we live together now and I find well, you very pleasant to live with, which is really nice. I mean, yes, that's <laughs> you know, a plus. so, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like it just sets a different exercise in a way. Like, I love that you bring up intentionally dating. Cause I think that, I think maybe, maybe that did play a really big part in us being able to get here. I, I wouldn't say as soon as we did, but as naturally as we did. And I think that comes from like, I mean, if you think about it, like if you're entering into relationship and from the get go, you're entering in not knowing if that, if like you're ready to be intentional or if you're, if you enter kind of knowing pretty soon, all right, this isn't going to be the person that I'm going to end up with, but there's something here for me. So I'm going to stay in it. Like those obviously are built in a completely different way to be experimental Mm -hmm. in your sexual life, in your physical life. You know, those are perfect opportunities for you to be able to kind of play and explore and experiment and, and not really have stakes. Whereas I think for us, because we figured out pretty quickly into dating that we thought that this might really be a thing and the thing like that, at least for me, like that puts the stakes so much higher from the beginning of even just as simply as saying like, okay, like this very well might be the person that you have sex with for the rest of your life. So you need to treat this relationship that you're building sexually in a completely different way than you have ever before. Because from the beginning, it's almost like you're building this menu of like, you're setting yourself up for what it's, what it's going to be and what it can be in a much more intentional way. And I think, I don't know. Do you think you really put that much like pressure or thought into any of it? Cause I, I, I haven't, I don't think I did, but I think, I think being like pleasantly surprised and maybe it's just like, it comes back to as soon as I realized how much I love you, like it, it, it swapped me right into that mode of, okay, now I'm really protective of this relationship. And like, bark, like bark, 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 like growl. Like this is my relationship and I'm really protective in a way. I think our like sexual development, I treat it in the same way. Like, Mm. okay, like now that I know this is, this is my relationship and this is my person, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm treating our sex life accordingly and I'm putting everything into it as authentically as I can so that we are growing together and we're going to be able to have a foundation that you know, like we're saying can last like a lifetime. And I think it's just been easier, Mm. but something before we move off physical, I'm curious. I noticed something about you that I haven't shared with you yet. Oh, okay. That I feel like maybe this, this is, this was an unexpected turning point for me. And we've talked about, I don't know. We've talked a couple times about like how long it took me to not be nervous Remember that? Mm-hmm. So for our first couple dates, I was very upfront with Ryan and I was like, wow, like you, you make me, re- you make me nervous. Like you make me physically nervous. And at the time that was cool. Cause I hadn't felt that in a really long time. Cause I had like this crush and I had these like body nerves whenever I was around Ryan. And that definitely like bled into our first few sexual encounters. Mm. So I had that, but as we've grown, I think like the, one of the most notable turning points for me was when we started to 
<laughs> this is funny to try and capture. I guess it's in this like playground realm that you're talking about. Like you want someone that you can always play with and, you know, be, be childlike with. But I'm careful saying that because I think at the time when we started to play in that realm, I was like, oh, are we losing the romance or like the adult, like triple X sexy side of our relationship? And what I mean specifically is like literally like at the time when we started saying like squish and smash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain that to the people? Yeah. So the, we, we have like, um, they, so I, I think I said there's like, three, well, like, there's there's three distinct sex styles. So squish is like, <laughs> is like very like intimate. Um, smash is just like, I mean, it, it is what it sounds like. You're smashing. Uh, and then squash is kind of like a, an in-between of those. Uh, and it sounds like, like jokingly, but what is really nice about that yeah. um, is I think it's just all, a variation on, um, communication, yes. you know? And, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So it's, and you could just like, and sometimes like you don't know what you're getting into, but other times it's like, Oh, I just need to smash. Well, I don't even mean the word specifically, but I think around the moment in time when we started using them and I don't remember how they developed, it was pretty natural, but like whatever that moment was is when I was comfortable enough to even like be okay, I guess with, with like creating this, what some people might be like, oh, this is like a weird, like childlike language between each other. And now like, you know, we're talking about having sex and we're like, oh, I just want to squish, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're creating this, this kind of world together where not only are we speaking each other's language, but we like, yeah, we know what, what, what to ask for of each other and mm -hmm. like kind of what our menu options are and everything within that. But all of that as it grew more comfortable and more, I don't know, I, I easy to, I, I don't know, easy to even talk about. Like I became, well, zero nerves. I was obviously all of that fell away, but I think at that point is when I really saw you also like just let your guard completely down and just totally settle into not caring about coming across as like, whatever, you know, manly sexual God that every man puts the pressure to be. <laughs> and like any, any performance, you were never very performative, but like all of that kind of dropped. And, and the more, I don't know, I guess the more innocent and like childlike and playful that we became, the closer we became. And then I think I saw that solidify in you, this kind of knowing like, okay, I can, I can drop my guard and, and whatever version of me I want to bring forth to Tessa. Like she has something to meet me there and she understands like all of these different categories and versions and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always loved, I've always like equated sex to kind of like play. Um, and part of that is because, well, that's just, I mean, play for me has always been a, a level of physical, physical, like growing up, going to the playground, moving around, moving our bodies. <laughs> Monkey that, bars. Um, but then also, um, not taking it incredibly seriously, even though sometimes you, you can have, of course, serious or intimate moments Yeah. the same way you could happen on when you're playing playground sports as a kid. Like yeah. you can, you can, you have those little moments, of course, that be can become serious or it could become whatever. But, uh, but for the most part it is, I don't know, that just, that's kind of where I feel comfortable. Like I don't, I don't really 
I think I enjoy sex less when it becomes this like really serious point Mm -hmm. or over like dramatic or over like what you said, like over, um, like too showy. What's that? What's the word that you use? Performative. Too performative. Yeah. Um, yeah, sex is fun. I think sex is, sex is fun. And that's where I feel most comfortable in it. And it's intimate and it's romantic and it can be all those things. Yeah in different forms of itself that it frees me up to be more in those situations. Yeah. You know, I, I almost get it almost weird. Like if you took sex super seriously all the time <laughs> yeah. or tried to put on a performance of like, this is what sex is on 50 shades of gray, yeah. you know? And, and it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, I can see that, that level of lens, but that for me, it doesn't feel sustainable nor enjoyable yeah. for, for a sustained period of time. Just, and that just kind of like a core personality type thing. Like if that is what, what two partners love, then sure. That that's amazing. If that yeah. works for you, then it should work for you. Um, but yeah, maybe I think you're probably right. I think it's just, and maybe that was me settling into kind of saying what kind of I like. Um, and also just, just broader, more communication and stuff more communication. now, you know, even outside of like squish, mash, squash, all that kind of like our, <laughs> our language that we've like established and stuff. It's a lot of times it's, you'll come up to me and say, I want this. Yeah. Like, well, I really want to do this or they want to do that. And that, that, that's nice. But that's interesting. You say that too, because I would argue as well though, that half of it was us getting more communicative and having all of that. Mm-hmm. But then we've also had conversation about the fact that we know we have chemistry because we don't have to talk about sex. And mm. while we, of, of course, like we have that, well, that well, communication yeah. that's there, but then we have this whole other side of like the, uh, the it, this is not a thing that we need to talk out or figure out or like, you know, those relationships, like, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to put cover on anyone's relationship, but let's just say like, if you're constantly talking about sex or like not having sex yeah. or why aren't we having good sex or all yeah. those things, your chemistry is probably not great yeah. at that moment. hundred percent. And so the other side is we've also never had, and again, we, this is early and people probably give a shit and be like, yeah, guys, six months in congrats. But like, we don't, have to talk about, you know, are you satisfied or how are you feeling about our sex life? Like, are we having enough sex? Like, why haven't we had sex in a month? Like, are you okay? Am I okay? Like, cause as soon as that happens, everything shifts and all the energy just gets like fucked up and then initiation gets thrown off Yeah, and it's just awkward. And you and I both equally as of now, I'd say we equally initiate we're able to communicate with these interesting, like shared language terms now. Yeah. But even physical, even not like that language, like our communication is just like, I want this, but it doesn't mean like it goes onto it. And sometimes we don't even talk about that at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think that there's like a, there's like this feedback loop of sex being overly conversational, you know? And that is, I mean, that, that point sucks. Like, I don't even know how you get out of that feedback loop properly. Or maybe that's just the acknowledgement of like that chemistry wasn't really meant to be there to last. I think it's so hard. I think the minute that you throw your sex life into something you have to talk about and talk through, it's really, really, really hard to it's get out of It's such a boner that. killer. It's such a boner killer. It's such a boner killer. Yeah. And, and I hate to say it, but it can be as simple as some, it can be as simple as, 
the first time somebody has to bring up, you know, why aren't we having sex? Yeah. And the other person's reaction to that. And then having to navigate, like I said, like honestly initiation from there, like where do you go from there? How do you recover from that in a way that doesn't feel forced Mm -hmm. or like you're trying to fix something that's broken? Yeah. Like how do you get back into the enjoyment of that? And that's what I was talking about when sex becomes like psychologically serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think play is probably the answer to that. I mean, we haven't been in that position, but yeah. Yeah. And there's so much about this like physical part that is just like completely intangible. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, why do we date people really? Like we date people for the the physical chemistry and compatibility for the most part, like their pheromones, like, or else they would just be your friends, you know? And some people have relationships like that where they're like, I don't know. I don't you, you can, there's all people have all different types of sexual preferences or sexual appetites. But yeah. I think for most people, you, your foundation of your relationship is hope is hopefully some level of attraction, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and I think some more of that comes out from the emotional side of chemistry or the social side of chemistry. I think like shared humor, kind of like what we mentioned, even leaking into kind of our, our sexual communication is huge. You know, like, if we, and even when we sit on the couch and like watch TV and I'll just like say some stupid shit and you'll laugh like that, that's a big part of chemistry too. Um, yeah, it's amazing to get those hits that you're not expecting just in your body. Mm. Like I was about to ask you like, where in your body do you feel physical chemistry? But I don't want you to get that (laughs) on this, but in like a G rated version of that, I still find myself every once in a while which is usually like, it's usually when you touch me, like not even sexually sometimes, but then, you know, when you like put your hand on my butt or do whatever you're going to do, like I get that kind that, that body rush, which is something that you could never, you can't explain, but it's either, it's either there or it's not. And it's just this like flush of those like endorphins and body response, just reaffirming this is a body that your body wants to be in this intimacy with mm. and this feels good and this feels correct and safe. And I mean, by the time you take that to the next level, like that's where you get like those puzzle piece moments where you feel like it's the two coming together just so perfectly. But that's another thing like you just can't, I don't think you can replicate that. And I'm thankful that we have body signals to reaffirm what our silly little human brains are telling us of, yeah, this, this person would probably be a good person to spend my life with. And I want to spend my life with someone, but I think unless you have the reassurance constantly coming through of like, Oh, and thank goodness. Like my body agrees. I can feel that. Yeah. Reassurance in a relationship is huge in general. I mean, we talked about that. Like I think to the physical side of that, um, like you said, the, the conversational part where, yeah. some, where like it becomes too much of a conversation. So much of that is just because there isn't reassurance. And I think reassurance has to be relatively constant. Mm. Um, from that's, yourself that's and what your feel, partner. That's what, yeah, that's what feels most comfortable. Yeah, it has to be from yourself and also from your partner too. Because mm. um, it's just like that, that it just keeps the ball rolling and it makes you feel, everyone needs support in life. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to feel like a level of comfort and security and just like knowing your partner's there for you. Mm-hmm. And that could just be like those little ways of that. But you know, if you, if you have a partner that starts to like pull away or like, you know, consistently, of course, stuff like that happens every once in a while, just cause that's, that's life and people mm-hmm. are people and whatever. But, um, 
I think if you see start seeing those as a pattern, then I think that that flips off all the chemistry kind of side of things and becomes like really detrimental psychologically. Yeah. You know, and I think that's incredibly natural as secure as yourself. You can be in the world, you know, you could be the most, you could be out there in the job force and be incredibly secure. But if your kind of relationship back home kind of has that type of love, you'll be just as insecure as anybody else. Yeah. You know, and in a totally different way. And I think that's why those kind of constant signals of reassurance, whether it's touch, whether it's a hug, whether it's communication, whether that's Mm -hmm. hopefully a healthy sex life, Mm -hmm. um, really, really, really makes everything else, I think, fall into place. Um, I agree. Yeah. It's so reassuring. Outside outside of physical chemistry, though, um, you said auric chemistry. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, we were we were going through the categories. I was like, don't forget about auric chemistry. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's it's an extension of physical, but we were talking about. I mean, you were kind of calling it spiritual chemistry, which oh, okay. I mean, yeah, there's a compatibility factor to what we talk about. Our beliefs are in that realm. Um, but auric chemistry is, is more specifically our energy bodies wanting each other and being compatible in that way. And what I mean by that is like, you know, there is this idea of, I mean, everyone's aura is about seven feet large. So anyone who's in yours, in your physical space, especially your, your partner in intimacy is constantly going to be crossing that line. So there's either an easy energetic compatibility match or there can be some pretty harsh, like, you know, backlash energy, like even, Mm. I mean, and and that can change all the time, but on the whole, like our auras, our energy kind of our, I mean, if you look at it from a really standard point of looking at this is like, what is your, what is your energetic baseline? Like when you're just you just chilling, just like say sitting on the couch in your own aura, doing your own thing. Like what is your energetic baseline versus what is mine? Mm. And is that compatible? And if you think about these people where, I mean, take out their personality, take out their ability to communicate at all. And just think about like you, you can think of those people where if you were going to try and define them energetically, you know, you've got those like buzz people, like the people that are like, an electric line out in the city where they're just constantly buzzing. And like, that's that high energy. And it's that field that would not match up with the same person who, you know, could sit next to them and and be in a completely different baseline 90% of the time. Like Mm. eventually that's going to clash. And there's always shifts and we go through that. Like we're learning that sleeping next to each other every night. Like some nights your energy's up and mine's not there and we have trouble sleeping sometimes because of I think of we that. need to get like a, a king size or a double or like whatever. We need to get a bigger bed. <laughs> we need to get a bigger bed. Yeah, but that's auric play. So that's no, auric chemistry. Yeah, it is. But I also um, think like it would be easier just like a little bit bigger bed. I yeah. Think. Well, you're I, also I, I thought a large about that human. last night. I was like, oh, yeah. Huh. I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty tall. Um, yeah. But things like that. So auric chemistry is just energetic compatibility and being able to see and understand your partner's energy and also your own and having that be a lifetime match. Because again, yeah, I love being around people who are that static and who are that high electric pole. 
I couldn't be with that person for the rest of my life every single day. Like when I need to go tap off my, yeah. my gas tank of energy. Sure. I'll go have lunch with that person. I'll go hang out with them. I'll take a walk and I'll drink in their crazy high energy and take it away and do my thing. But I couldn't sleep next to that person every night. Yeah. That's so interesting. Like from, well, the energetic side, but I, um, I think from like a, from a lifestyle or like, uh, creative kind of side of things. There's just some people that you don't really want around you in your creative space. Mm. Um, and some that obviously affects your partner, but I think just in general, oh, um, absolutely. and I think just in general people, like if we like disassociate like the relationship side of this, yeah, you, like I'm sure anybody listening to this will, will understand there's sometimes if you're just sitting in the same room with somebody, sometimes people are, you can be incredibly comfortable around and you have no idea why. And that mm-hmm. feels amazing. Mm-hmm. And other times you're just, there's, you just have this sense of, uh, you're just at, you're just uneasy. Yeah. Uh, and you can't really put a finger on it. Yeah. And, but yeah, that's kind of what you said about like the, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like your home is also your safe space. Our home is also where we both work, where you have to pull your creativity out and yeah, like it, it has to be an energetic match to be able to share space. One of my like favorite, like early kind of tests. I mean, it's not, I don't really put people through tests, but like a, a gauge thing that like kind of like, I said almost with like the lifelong sexual partner, but these little things that like will come up more often in early in a relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, is the feeling of, um, I can be, we can both be completely quiet around each other and still Mm -hmm. be completely comfortable. (laughs) That's a hard task, you know, but no, but like, that's like, that's, I think that's a big marker of like the work play. Like, can, can you sit in a room or in a car or anywhere and just like, like authentically have nothing to say yeah, and be, be comfortable and just sitting there. Yeah. You know, I think that that's a huge, like that's a big, big green flag for me and not touch each other and not touch each other. Yeah. Just yeah, be yeah. in each other's face. True. True. Yeah. 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 But that's, yeah. that's a, that's a big green flag for me. Yeah. I agree. Um, and I would, that's probably work play, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever words you want to put on it, it's, it's a huge part of compatibility that is going to be all of your life when you're not having sex, which is a large, large, large portion of your life. It's not that much folks. <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's a take, half hour a day. Take the energetic boxes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so we had, we had that. And then you brought up this interesting concept of social chemistry which I, I tried to argue was more compatibility, but let's hear your definition of social chemistry. Oh, I think social chemistry is kind of like, I, I would consider humors on that side of things. Um, I mean, also, could you do this? Could a couple do what we're doing now? I mean, you don't need to even do it with like a podcast kind of set up, but could you sit down and just talk to your partner for an hour? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it kind of, we all do it to an extent, but it kind of bums me out when we go to a restaurant and you just see two, two a couple and both of them are just on their phones. The entire that meal. makes me sad too. You know, I think that that's, that's a, so that for me the, looks like their social chemistry is off. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I think like that, that level of like, oh, I actually, like I'm excited to talk to this person. Maybe not all the time, like the same level of excitement, but, um, there always could be something to talk about, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's not what I just described. It's not the couple is just like staring down at their, at their phones across the, the table from each other. And if there's nothing to talk about, you can just sit across the table from each other and you don't need to distract yourself. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. I mean, like I said, the comfortable silence. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's a big part. Humor, humor is a big part too. Like shared humor. Like if we didn't, and people can have all different types of humor styles, but if like we never were able to laugh together, mm. you know, or like my like corny like little jokes or little snippets, like st- sarcastic snippets, didn't land at all mm. ever. Um, yeah, that'd be different. That'd be chem- chemistry would totally be off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I would see that too. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That'd be off. If there's a couple that didn't ever laugh together. I love that your weird, your weird weirdness has really come out full play now. Yeah. Like, and mine too. Well, yeah, and I, I also mean, love it. Like when we like see other couples too, and you can see their weirdness come out too, yeah. or like their, like their version of social chemistry come out yeah. and it's, and it's electric. I mean, it's, it's infectious when, yeah. and everybody's is a little bit different. You know, everyone has like these slight different, like maybe nicknames or kind of conversation points where they'll come up to you and be like, what do you think about this? And then like they have their perspective and they're like, she said this, blah, blah, like, like whatever, you know, like these kind of, Mm-hmm. Like, and everybody's signature in their own, like every couple's signature is kind of like unique to itself, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell when like that's like right, you know, yeah. or like when that is unique. And and sometimes, you know, relationships come and go, they they fade, they flourish, um, all those type of things. But uh, you can totally tell when that's like not there at all. And maybe that was there at some point in relationships in the past at some point. Yeah. But it feels good when you see other people on like their when their social chemistry is out to play, yeah, uh, and, it's, and it's infectious. It really is. It and especially like if you're around other couples and stuff like that too. It well, it's becomes like, a, like this. the best friend thing of of course this partner too. Like that's your person of a lifetime of quote inside jokes. Yeah, like remember, you know, I mean that's what we grew up as kids being like, oh, she's my bestie because we have we have all these inside jokes and yeah. and when I look at you know when I I don't even have to say it, she just gets it. Yeah, and with with a partner, it's the same thing. And you can only get that when you see both when you see a couple together. Yeah, you, you like yeah. one you, one person can try to explain it, but you don't you don't really want to explain you, it. Well, you don't understand it until you see it. Yeah, and they're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You need that kind of shared, like you're saying, a shared ballpark of humor. Yeah, but then also the intimacy and you know history and time together to have built. Yeah, I guess again, it's that like language of non-communication. Yeah. But I mean, like we, like we'll never see like another couple's like sexual compatibility. Right. Like out to play. Right. Um, maybe like snippets of it, like on like a dance floor for like a moment. And, but that's almost more like emotional intimacy, like romantic kind of chemistry, but it's not like pure on sex. Yeah. Like, but the social side, I think you can really tell. Um, and hopefully that plays into, I don't know, yeah. uh, physical chemistry to a way. Also, I'm sorry I made out with you once on a dance floor. That oh, you might, did? That might have been embarrassing for you. Oh, no, it wasn't. Not at all. <laughs> I don't really care too much about stuff. You just made me remember the one and only wedding we've been to so far. And I'm thinking back to the, our time on the dance floor. And uh, yeah, I pretty much just stood there and made out with you the whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. I forgot about that. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> no, you don't need to be sorry. It was our prom. Um, <laughs> it was our prom. <laughs> it was our prom. Yeah. Mm. What else? We got another wedding though coming up. Cousin wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not get a let's not get a head of the rest of this year in True. January. But yeah, we have a lot coming up this month. This this year. Anyway. Are those all the buckets? I don't we know. did we did social. We've got physical chemistry, we sexual chemistry. Chemistry. I mean, I would say I would say that this is a milestone episode. 
I think that when you shared that with me and when you became aware and confident that I could fulfill this chemistry box for you in a potential lifetime timeline, mm. like that to me is, is a huge milestone. Yeah, and, no, you're right. It, it totally is. And I, I give it back to you. I mean, I, I feel the same way and I'm so glad that you brought it up and that you said it because it allowed us to confirm for each other that, you know, we feel that way. Yeah, it feels great. Tessa also said, um, if I was a chicken, she'd eat my thighs. <laughs> I'm looking at like, I got worked out today. So I'm like, damn, leg day, I'm feeling good. Speaking of physical chemistry, I <laughs> may or may not have said that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is, it is nice. I think, and hopefully other people can relate when you have those kind of milestones that aren't even, you know, there's no gift, there's no, there's no date, there's no whatever attached to that. It's just kind of like this realization. Yeah. Um, and to me, like those matter a lot. And that was like a, a cool one, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's, it feels good to be fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it sets this nice this really cool lock on like, we can both feel comfortable now truly really, you know, and, and be able to explore and add to that repertoire and know that the foundation is there for something that hopefully Mm. will last and last and last. Um, but outside of physical chemistry too, like we didn't, we, we skipped like more relationship relationship stuff, but I feel like the social side of chemistry, like, totally exists on like a first date or first or second date. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You may not be able to tell the physical chemistry for a while, the true physical chemistry, but I think you can kind of tell earlier on than you think. If you really, if you really like, I think that's the auric chemistry. Maybe. I think that's what comes first. Yeah. Maybe. I think you feel that subconsciously and your body knows like, "Mm, this is a person I want like a foot away from me or touching me or not. Oh, I can, I think you can tell if someone's going to, be fun to hook up with or not. Yeah. Mo- well, usually, yes, usually yes, yes. There, there'll be some like, I don't know. That's kind of, I think by the way people move, well, we're just doing it from like, all right, let's start with the seven foot distance. All right. If that's a yes, <laughs> they true, get closer. True. You've already made it to the date. Then yes. Like I think pretty early on you can get a, a decent sense of, yeah. all right, I think there might be some chemistry here. And when you say that you're generally talking about, mm, there might be some physical sexual chemistry here. Cool. Um, but before all that starts, there hopefully is some. Hopefully some social. Com- yeah. And, and I, I keep changing the word back to compatibility because I think it's it's everything that we've talked about before is like. Uh, but on first dates, you don't know if it's compatible yet. That, that's where I think where it's more chemistry. Yeah. Compatibility, I yeah. think, is almost more like. Flow you know, of conversation in like, at you know, level of ease and authenticity. And also, like, like, I guess you should hopefully have like a buzz. Like that mm, chemical like buzz, yeah. like that chemical cocktail of all like the different things. Yeah, that endorphin buzz definitely comes from yeah a match of. I mean, you wouldn't get that if you showed up and had nothing to talk about and and had empty awkward space and yeah. didn't feel comfortable around each other. Like that would be the opposite of yeah. whatever this other cocktail is. Of yeah, I think it is a buzz off all of the above. Mm. Um. But anyways, yeah. that, that was a slight detour back, but yeah, but yeah. yeah, that just came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I think we've, we've been very actively testing each other out for levels of chemistry in all areas for months now. I guess so. You said that the other day that when I disagree, like, I don't think I've ever 
had put any like actual test in the place ever. Oh, I, I wouldn't, that's the wrong word. I, I haven't intentionally been testing you in that way either, but I think just naturally as it solidifies and as you were figuring out and getting to the place where you were able to share what you shared. Mm. I mean, I mean the, the building blocks of getting there takes, takes time and takes different scenarios and takes repetition and it yeah, also lot, takes, do it again. If you have sex, do it again. Yeah. Again, do it again. again. And also, again. um, you know, versatility and, Ooh. and different scenarios and different stuff. And, and hotels are nice. Hotels are fun. Yeah. You got to change it up and not test each other, but see each other in different scenarios and feel how that feels. And yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not going to give any sex advice. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Well, no, do it and have fun. That's, that's my advice that don't make it, <laughs> the only sex advice I could have is have fun. And don't get too heady with it. Yeah. Unless you want to get, Never mind. I'm going to make a bad joke. <laughs> you almost just made a bad joke. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah that, that's all I got. And, and I, hopefully you like the way that your partner smells. Smells important. I, I think the way someone <laughs> tastes, like when you kiss, like the, the taste of a kiss is like important too. Yeah. Taste um, and smell. Very important. It's like all these like little, like your, I think your body's trying to give you like signals of like, you can't explain it in your head. There's no logical reason for it, but your no. body's trying to give you signals of like, Hey, this isn't like, this isn't compatible. Mm -hmm. And sometimes maybe like it's important to listen to your body on that kind of level. Always listen to your body. Don't don't ever think it. Yeah. Always listen to your body. But anyways, enough of us giving advice. Um, it's also dark here. It is Saturday night on a rainy day in Los Angeles and we are going to go freaking rage. (laughs) Now we're probably going to watch something random on TV. We're going to turn on the fire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably going to make tea. (laughs) Um, but I think that wraps up this episode, uh, and we will be back with another episode of and we soon and hopefully a whole, whole new topic. Um, thanks for tuning in and Tessa lead us out and we will be back. <laughs> nice. Bye. <laughs> Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for tuning in to and we, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, and share. Send your questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes to andwethepodcast at gmail.com or drop us a voice note on Spotify. Relationships take work, but with a little laughter and a lot of love, we can navigate this crazy journey together. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Stay candid, stay connected, and keep it real.